Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well, losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash I do. That's ro.co slash I D O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's row.co slash I do. Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real. Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep free trial and a 10-year warranty. So you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do for an exclusive 35% off because every mom deserves a good night's sleep. And with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. Hey 
Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the Relationship Advice Podcast. Today we have our first show completely dedicated to sleep, where I welcome Terry Crail. And Terry is a registered nurse based in Washington, D.C. She is a certified in clinical sleep health and has co-authored two books on sleep. She's a co-founder of a four-bed sleep disorders center and a nationally recognized sleep health and wellness consultant, educator, advisor, and advocate. And today we're talking about, you guessed it, sleep and how it can improve your relationship. I think a lot of us don't really think of sleep as the most important thing in our lives. Certainly when we think about improving our relationship, maybe the first thing we think about is not improving our sleep. But the reality is, is if we're not getting good sleep, which many of us are not, it's going to be hard to improve ourselves, to improve our relationship. It's certainly not going to help. So I really enjoyed today's conversation with Terry, where she gives some very actionable tips on how to improve your sleep and, and how it applies to relationships. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode as much as I did. Enjoy today's show. Hi, Terry. Thanks so much for joining me on the show today. Oh, my pleasure. Today, we are going to talk all about sleep, how we can get better sleep, how we can do that if we have a partner in our bed and much more. So why don't we start with having you tell our listeners why you're passionate about the topic of sleep? Oh gosh, Chase, we don't have enough time for that. <laughs> it's, no, I'm a registered nurse and I've been one for a very long time. And when I sort of fell by accident into the sleep arena, I was just amazed and I mean, blown away and this is years ago, about how important sleep is for our health. And when I say health, I mean physical health, mental health. But then I started learning about how sleep impacts every aspect of our functioning, every aspect of our personality, how successful we are or are not, how we are in relationships. I mean, pretty much Everything is impacted by sleep. So I've been a, a big fan of, of sleep since then. And I've really devoted my career to sleep education uh, for people of all ages, because I think it's incredibly important for people to understand it. I think there has been a, a push, let's say, obviously an overall health, mental health awareness in the last couple decades. And we all sort of know we should be getting good sleep, but we may not necessarily be doing the things that will help us get there. So what are some of the, the big mistakes you see people making or the easy fixes that they can implement in order to, to set themselves up for success? Well, I think one of the most important things is to kind of backpedal a little bit and say, how do I really feel about sleep? Because a lot of us, whether we'll admit to it or not, or whether we're fully aware of it, a lot of us have a really bad attitude about sleep and its importance. And I think I, I used to be guilty of this. I, I thought sleep was something that, you know, if you have time for, great. If you don't power through it, you can learn how to get by with less, which that's not true. That's a false statement. So I looked at it as, and, and shared this opinion with a lot of people, as, you know, a badge of honor, people that um, don't 
prioritize sleep or get sleep are more ambitious. They have more willpower. They have more, um, you know, leanings towards success and achievement than others. So anyway, we have to throw all of that out the window if we are really to focus on it and prioritize it and then take the steps necessary. So before I always give people tips and strategies, I want to make sure that I impress upon them that a lot of what they think about sleep or, you know, maybe their disregard for sleep is unfounded and to really reframe it. Flip the script. Sleep is a biological necessity, just like eating and and breathing air and and drinking water, staying hydrated. It's a biological function. And we really have to look at it in terms of, would I brag about not drinking much water? Like, oh, Chase, I I got through the day without drinking any water. How, you know, how cool is that? How tough am I? And we know that's just sort of, no, not the way to look at sleep. So anyway, Start with a good attitude. It's not a weakness to need it. It's, it's, we should be unapologetic and we should really understand if we know the benefits, we'll probably implement the, the tips and strategies to get a good night's sleep. So to go back and answer your good question is there are a lot of things you can do. They're often easy, easy to do. And, um, once you start seeing how it feels to get that good night's sleep, you're likely to really make that you know, to adopt a healthy sleep lifestyle and keep that as a priority. So we can definitely go down a a list of sleep hygiene um, strategies, and these are basically good sleep habits. And we want to have a, one of the most important things is have a bedtime routine, just like kids need them, grownups need them too. The bedtime routine really helps give you a transition period from wake to sleep. We really need a time to transition our minds and our bodies from being active to getting ready to relax and then go to sleep and get a good night's sleep. I do tell people to set a reminder um, in any way you do that, an alarm or just any kind of subtle reminder that it's time to get ready for bed. Um, We have so many distractions these days, you know, social media and every kind of device known to mankind. These are all distractions. It's real important, um, not just, you know, staring at our devices. The blue light is disruptive to our melatonin production, which is disruptive to sleep onset maintenance. But we want the, the content of a lot of our social media is, is fairly uh, stimulating and, and can keep us sort of wide awake when we should be uh, sound asleep. So I really, I mean, it's important that most adults need seven to nine hours of sleep every single night. So really work around that when you're setting your bedtime. Another important thing to keep in mind is consistent bed and wake times. A lot of people that I talk to in my seminars and just in my uh, course of of patient education um, tell me that they undersleep during the week and then try to make it all up on the weekends. And um, it's, it's one of those things where I'm not saying don't try to make it up if you do lose some, but don't make that the, 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 your MO. I mean, it really isn't good. And we don't know from a research perspective if the damage that's done during the week by undersleeping can be made up with that extra weekend sleep. So the, the rule of thumb is to really strive for that seven to nine hours 
every single night. There are some short sleepers among us, but uh, there are a lot of short, they're more short sleeper wannabes. And that's what I call people that think they can get by on less or have gotten used to getting by on less. And guess what? That doesn't happen. Not at all. So really, statistically, less than 1% of the entire population are made up of true short sleepers, which means they get they can do really well on six hours of sleep or less every night. And by doing and when they do that, they're in a good mood, they're very productive, enjoy very, very good physical and mental health. Um, and the list goes on. So very few people can do that. Um, it's important to really think about your sleep environment. I think just because most all of us, unless you're a shift worker, sleep at night, we don't think about our bedroom and our mattress and our pillows and our bedding until <laughs> it's dark and we're trying to lie down and get a good night's sleep. We tend not to think about that during the day, but it's real important to take a long, strong, hard look at your sleep environment. Is it conducive to a good night's sleep? When's the last time you bought a new mattress or went shopping for a new mattress? Is it still incredibly comfortable? Um, you know, what's the temperature thing like? And think of all these variables, darkness, temperature, sleep surface, bedding. And then if you have a bed partner, oh my gosh, that's a tall order, you know, to make sure you're, you're both very happy in the same bed with the same circumstances. I mean, that's another thing to, we should talk about because I think um, I'm talking to people who, if you haven't gone mattress shopping in a while, go see what's out there because there are, all, there are a lot of options now. So couples can stay in the same bed and both be comfortable and get a good night's sleep. But on the other side of the coin, there are a lot of people saying, you know what? Sleep is so important to my relationship that I can have good quality time with my bed partner. But when it comes to getting a good night's sleep, it's okay if I go into another bed in another room, if that's what it takes. That's perfectly fine. It's not a sign of a bad relationship. It's a sign that you prioritize your sleep. Um, so, you know, we've got to take the shame out of that game for sure. And if one of you isn't getting a good night's sleep consistently, and you've adopted good sleep hygiene habits, you're going to bed sort of on time, getting plenty of sleep, and you're not well rested, really get to a sleep doctor. Um, don't avoid, you know, if, if you're still not refreshed during the day and not and you're sleeping either enough hours or not enough for any reason, you could have a sleep disorder and that should be checked out. So I do tell people, Treat sleep like it's a vital sign because it is a vital sign and it really should be addressed at every healthcare provider encounter. It, it's that important. Um, sleep in total darkness. I, I was writing blogs sort of a couple of months into me falling into sleep medicine. I'm telling people really get that in sleep environment dark. And I thought mine was pretty dark until I got the blackout shades. Oh my gosh, what a difference. I remember the first morning that I woke up after sleeping in what I thought was, I mean, what I thought had been dark, but really wasn't and woke up feeling really wonderful. So that's another thing. So a lot of things to think about, but keep your, keep your bedroom uncluttered, keep the unused exercise equipment out of the bedroom. Clutter's distracting. It really can interfere with a good night's sleep, even though you may not be sort of consciously aware that that's going on. Keep it serene. 
minimally furnished, but comforting and relaxing. And uh, if you have a good relaxing pre-sleep ritual and a real nice sleep environment, your odds go way up of getting a good night's sleep. I hope I touched on all of them. What do you, what do you, did I leave any out? No, no, it's great. I want to ask some specific questions uh, around uh, some of the things you mentioned, and then we'll talk about the dynamic of having a partner in bed, which is a whole other thing. When it comes to light, I've heard like an hour before bedtime is a good time to try to eliminate screen time. And, and there's obviously like blue light blocking glasses. Can you talk a little bit about that specifically? Yeah, it's a great rule of thumb. Power off an hour before bedtime. Um, more if you can. Um, I know real life does pop in and sometimes we're, we're forced to answer an email, et cetera. And definitely those blue light blocking glasses, they're typically amber in color, can help reduce that blue light because that blue light will um, interfere with that melatonin production that I mentioned earlier. And we need that melatonin to kick in to help us fall asleep and stay asleep. And also, great point that you brought that up. If you get up in the middle of the night to use the restroom, just if there's another, it's best not to check the time because, you know, when we see that time, we start fretting about, oh gosh, I've got three more hours of sleep. And then I, you know, am I going to be tired? And And we're typically a little more uh, goofy in the middle of the night when it comes to, you know, staying calm, cool, and collected. We tend to get um, a little more panicky than we would during the day. So um, best not to check your phone or any device. If you do get up in the middle of the night, keep things as dark as possible to safely get to the restroom and back to your bed and try to go to sleep without checking. And certainly don't check emails. Don't check any content that might have popped up. You have no idea how many people I run into that say, well, Terry, in the middle of the night, that's when the problem starts. And I, nine out of 10 times, I find they're checking the time. Then they see someone send them a text. Then they see, you know, and then we go down that horrible <laughs> rabbit hole of, of, okay, now I'm wide awake. So, so really I caution against that um, for sure. And I say, you know, even for, for kids that look forward to screen time or, 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 you know, or, Anything you want to check screen, make that a morning time. That's morning is the time where we want light. Morning's a time to, to early morning, check, check those things and try to put it off if, if at all possible and use your, um, quiet notifications in night mode when possible. But I'm glad you brought it up. It's really important. And if your kids can't sleep without a nightlight, um, try to kind of wean them from that, you know, don't have it too close to the head of the bed, farther away in the bedroom. Keep those night lights, say, amber in color and gradually move those away because all of us, regardless of age, need a really dark sleep environment for the best sleep. Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. Do you want to know one of my favorite meals? It's a slice of toasted bread with tomato, mozzarella, basil, olive oil, salt and pepper, and a little drizzle of balsamic glaze. Makes my heart happy. It's so simple. It's so delicious. And I love that all the ingredients get to show off their individual flavors. I used to eat it all the time as my easy go-to meal. And then all of a sudden, there was a ton of messaging out there telling me that I shouldn't eat carbs and that I shouldn't eat bread and that bread is bad. And I hate to admit it, but I cut out bread entirely for the longest time. 
And it wasn't until recently that I started to understand that not all bread is created equal. Hero Bread makes those same delicious favorites free of consequences or compromises. They've remade carby, empty-calorie bread products into fluffy, delicious versions that include no net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and fewer calories, plus protein and fiber. I highly recommend that you give their bread a try. They're giving Relationship Advice listeners 10% off when you visit Hero dot co and use the code I do at checkout. I was so excited to discover Hero Bread. It's truly amazing. And they've made a product that is tasty and soft while having zero to one grams of net carbs, zero grams of sugar and high in fiber. I'm not going to lie. Their white bread is so good and it makes the best tomato and mozzarella sandwich. Last week, Stella and I were back in Florida visiting our family and we all walked to the lake and the only bread we had in the house was hero bread. So we grabbed a slice, walked to the lake, and by the time we got there, Stella had eaten the whole piece of bread and of course, wanted more. So the poor ducks didn't get any hero bread, but Stella did. Since I had cut out bread for a while, every time I ate low quality bread, my body felt bad. It felt bloated and I didn't feel great. But with Hero Bread, I feel good after eating it, which makes my life so much easier because now I can go back to my easy grab and go sandwiches when I'm on the run. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code I do at checkout. That's I do at H E R O dot C O. When you work full-time, have kids, and run a podcast, it's hard to make time for a multiple-step skincare protocol. That's why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, OneSkin. Their products make it easy to keep your skin healthy while looking and feeling your best. Let me repeat it. They make it easy... No complicated routine, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. If you're looking for skincare products that are simple and effective, for a limited time, you'll get an exclusive 15% off your first OneSkin purchase when using the code IDO when you check out at oneskin.co. I've been using OneSkin's body lotion for about a month, and I've already seen noticeable improvements with small wrinkles and textures on my skin, specifically on the back of my neck and the back of my hands, two places where I get a lot of sun. Plus, my skin looks and feels healthier all around. It's all thanks to OneSkin's revolutionary OS-01 peptide, the first ingredient proven to deactivate aging cells responsible for lines, wrinkles, and thinning skin. Unlike traditional skincare products that only mask symptoms, OneSkin pioneered a new approach integrating tissue engineering and cutting-edge science to enhance skin biology for lasting resilience against aging. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using the code IDO at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with the code IDO. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support your show and tell them we sent you. 
In relation to light, are you familiar with Andrew Huberman's work? He's a uh, Stanford researcher, and mm-hmm. I encourage our listeners to check out his stuff on morning light and the importance light, yeah. of getting morning sunshine in your eyes directly, not staring directly into the sun, but you can check it out, uh, Huberman Lab, if you look that up. He has a podcast as well, but also helps to set our hormones and everything, as you're saying it does the night before as well. Mm-hmm. So things to, to really think about that we start to implement are going to improve our individual health. And obviously, as it relates to relationships, if we are healthier, more well-rested, we're going to relate better. You know, we talk about on this show, guests have mentioned in the past when it comes to communication and conflict resolution, it's like, don't have a, a big, important discussion an hour before bedtime. You know, it's like Absolutely. Give, give that discussion space that one, you're not tired. And so you're going to be able to think clearly and that there's not you're not going to affect your sleep. Because if you have an important discussion about finances or some reoccurring issue, it's just going to throw everything off. And there's obviously science, as you're referencing, to to back that up. But we've had therapists recommend that. And it's like, Make sure you're well rested. Have the conversation in the morning, maybe not right when you wake up. And that alone will will set your relationship up for a lot of success. Oh, I mean, I was just um, talking to someone the other day about this topic and I said, go to bed mad. I mean, mean, we're, we're not ourselves. And to illustrate that point, I had a patient years ago in my clinic who, um, came in and, and had was having a lot of problems, but not the typical problems we see with that most people equate with sleep deprivation. You know, it was just, uh, but, but eventually I think she fell asleep um, at a red light. Okay, so this, so she comes in and we do a sleep study. She had severe sleep apnea and um, her husband, I guess he, you know, noted the snoring and Thought it would be, you know, a lot of people think it's funny. Oh, they snore. I elbow them, they stop, etc. So the bottom line is we got her treated, she got CPAP, and she came back for one of her follow-up visits. And her husband said to me, Thank you for giving me my wife back. And he wasn't talking about the snoring. He was talking about, he said, she yelled at him, she yelled at the kids, you know, this just very all-encompassing irritability, negativity, um, pessimism. Um, see, so being sleep-deprived is so much more with being sleepy. And I really have to drive that point home. And I'm so glad you you brought it up because sleep and, and, and the lack of sleep impacts how we are, are internal, like how we feel in terms of gratitude to our partners. Sleep impacts decision-making, problem-solving. It impacts, you know, are, are we looking at this sort of um, in, in an irritable like context or are we sort of understanding how where our partner is coming from? Um, you, you know, it, it's it's so much how we relate to people. Um Christopher Barnes has done some incredible, to me, really interesting research on ethics um, and and sleep deprivation, how ethical we are um, when we are or are not well rested, you know, but all these things impact relationships. Um, Are are we 
you know, lying to our partner about something we don't need, you know, are, are we just not being our, I really don't think we can be our true authentic selves when we're sleep deprived because sleep deprived people, the, the Australian study shows, you know, as we go on in the day, and, and this gets back to go to bed mad, as our day progresses and we're more and more sleep sleepy, we, we um, perform like we're intoxicated. And if you've ever been around someone who's intoxicated, they can get very unreasonable, very obnoxious, very quickly. I mean, yeah, I mean, who hasn't witnessed that? So we are essentially under the influence of sleep deprivation and, and we're not our best selves. We're not our good selves and we're not communicating effectively. We're just we're just not all there in terms of how we should be there. So I think we have to keep that in mind and maybe increase our self-awareness. Um and I talk to people about this in context of drowsy driving. Drunk driving, everyone knows now how dangerous it is. And I think we all have, with the increase in, in the public service, you know, messaging about drunk driving, we all have a, a heightened awareness level. You know, if we see our, you know, uh, one of our friends maybe stumbling you know, when they're leaving a, a restaurant or bar, we know to take the keys. If they're slurring their words, even if it's very, very subtle, I think we're a lot more aware uh, of people when they're impaired. But are we really bringing that over to drowsy driving? Drowsy driving is as dangerous as drunk driving. But I think we sort of, we're more likely to laugh it off. We're not going to laugh off drunk driving now, now that we know. But Drowsy driving. I look at new mothers. You know, gosh, are they? How much sleep are they getting with an infant? Well, be aware. Don't put that infant in the car and go run an errand when you're under the influence of sleep deprivation. But think about all of these things. And again, kind of peddling back to how, how sleep deprived are we? And then it's another thing to talk about stress and sleep deprivation. One of the researchers at Walter Reed Hospital. One of I can't remember his name, but um, I love the quote that sufficient sleep is Kevlar for the mind. You know, think of that um, when we're well rested, you know, maybe just let something go. Maybe we can handle stress better, any kind of stress from any source better when we're sufficiently well rested. So that really um, plays into our relationships and how we relate and how strong our, our bonds are, um, things like that. So again, more, it's so much more than meets the eye when we talk about sleep deprivation and how we respond. What's the optimal temperature for sleeping? Mm. You know, it, there can be some variability. Um, I, I think most of the recommendations across the board are cool, cooler. And I think one of the very common sleep hygiene recommendations is a warm bath or shower um, as part of the bedtime routine. And it's interesting that we say that we recommend warm um, when we know cooler is the better um, temperature for sleep. But when we get out of the warm bath and, and or shower, our core body temperature actually will drop. And so the, the cooler core body temperature is conducive to sleep. So if you are having problems sort of falling asleep at night, definitely um, try a cooler um, environment. And sometimes we can, I think we tend to think of the sort of room environment, the air um, as the ultimate temperature 
uh, qualifier, but you can think of it in terms of some mattresses now are being made with lots of cooling gels. Um, some bedding textiles are cooler than others. Um, what we sleep in has has an effect. So I would definitely experiment with things because I think there are a lot more options for the average consumer now to keep that temperature um, cool and, and, and comfortable. A lot of a lot of even cooling um, sort of devices <laughs> are out there now you can put on a mattress or in a mattress. Yeah, that will help. How about fans uh, on or off? Is there um, any research there? And I'm just thinking, obviously, for optimal sleep, but just a classic bedroom argument. You know, one one partner wants the fan on. I don't like the fan blowing <laughs> yeah. on me. Is there is there any research there? Or? I mean, well, we know that the white noise helps. Okay, um, definitely helps. So a lot of fans can can emit that white noise, and I know people that just find them comforting. Others can't stand them. Um, you know, and then I know people. We again try to get that compatibility. Some people are more disinclined to use the. Um, the earplugs thinking they won't hear the fire alarm, et cetera. But th- they will usually give you a decibel rating. Um, and a lot of them, the, the fire alarm, you, you will hear that even if you have those in to sort of um, mitigate some your partner's source of sound. I know there's, I'm finding this more and more common now where one partner wants to listen to a podcast or something, you know, um, I find we're, I think I've seen a little bit of a trend in distraction at night rather than sort of lying in a quiet, totally dark room, head on the pillow, mind racing and thinking, oh my God, I got to fall asleep if I'm going to, you know, get enough sleep to be functional tomorrow. It, um, and, and that is stressful. That's a tall order. So the first thing I tell people, don't try, don't ever try to fall asleep. Trying, even the word is alerting and using that word can be alerting. I think the goal at bedtime, whatever time that you that is, and there are bedtime calculators all over the internet. You can put in um, your age, um, and, and they'll come up with a nice bed and wake time depending when you need to wake up. But I think the ultimate goal at night should be um, at bedtime. It should be to relax and and knowing that sleep will follow. Just rest assured, no pun intended, that sleep will follow if you're completely relaxed. So do what helps you to relax at that bedtime routine and at bedtime sleep should follow. Now, if you do find that mind racing um, and and um, a podcast, listening to things. See, I think listening to things in the dark, it sort of gets back to childhood. Those bedtime stories would kind of distract children, um, you know, because all of a sudden we're going to cut them off from playtime, family time, friend time, school time to go to sleep in a dark room. And I think that's where we found bedtime stories were very effective. So I think the trend is going back to a lot of adults like, you know, enjoying like a podcast. It can be a totally dark room, but you can still listen to a podcast and and help you, you know, that can just distract you and, um, or, you know, online um, apps that will give you a bedtime story and then you fall asleep. So I'm finding a lot of that distraction being very popular. It's worth a try. Um, I think some of these things are fun to try, find what works best for you. And I also say, give it 30 days once you've sort of put into effect some helpful things and you find they're working. You may not feel 
like if you find your sleep starts to improve or you're falling asleep sort of easier, staying asleep longer, sleeping better, you may not see results immediately because a lot of people have accrued a sleep debt that may take some time to sort of catch up on. So I would definitely give it three or four weeks um, to see. You may feel a lot better and a lot of people lose their point of reference if they've been sleeping pretty crappily for a, a while or not just getting enough sleep, either voluntarily or involuntarily. Um, give it some time. Now, if you give it some time and you still don't feel feel better, get to a sleep doctor. Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. Hey, Love Tribe. I just want to ask you a few questions. I want to know why you guys are here. Are you here because you want to stop bickering with your partner? Do you want to feel truly heard? Are you looking for ways to reignite your sex life? Or do you want to feel more emotionally connected with your partner? And let's not forget about the fun. Do you long for those fun, giggly moments at the beginning of your relationship? Over the last decade of hosting this podcast with Chase, these have been our top questions. And we get it. We've been there. And that's why we created Spark My Relationship course, because we wanted to put the tools to unlocking a fulfilling relationship right in your hands. So we're offering this course, Spark My Relationship, for only $100 until April 6th. In less than 90 days, this self-paced course will help you create more passion, improve your communication, and build a stronger, more intimate connection with your partner all while having fun doing it. We've collaborated with over 15 psychologists and therapists to bring you the strategies that marriage therapists teach their clients. This offer is only going to last until Saturday, April 6th. So head on over to our website, sparkmyrelationship.com and use the code FLASH24 at checkout to get the course for only $100. That's nearly 60% off and it won't last. The sale ends April 6th. That's sparkmyrelationship.com and use the code FLASH24 to get our course for only $100. Hey, Love Tribe. I have just a few questions for you. I want to know why you are here listening to the podcast. Are you here because you want to stop bickering with your partner and you want to feel truly heard? Or are you looking for ways to reignite your sex life? Or do you want to feel more emotionally connected with your partner? Or do you just long for those fun, giggly moments of connection that you used to have at the beginning of your relationship? Well, over the last decade of hosting this podcast, those were the main reasons people tuned into the show. And we get it. We've been there. So we created our course, Spark My Relationship, because we wanted to put those tools to unlocking a fulfilling relationship right in your hands. We're offering $100 off our course, Spark My Relationship, which is a self-paced course designed to help you create more passion, improve your communication, and build a stronger, more intimate connection with your partner and have an amazing time doing it. We've collaborated with over 15 therapists and psychologists to bring you the strategies that marriage therapists teach their clients. So to unlock this special offer of our course, our listeners can visit sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock to get $100 off. That's sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. 
How about position? So body position individually, the optimal position. And then I'm just thinking about cuddling. I love cuddling and mm-hmm. and I, I wouldn't say it's a problem, but is there any research in regards to the best position individually? And then like, if you want to hold your partner? You know, and it, it's, God, it's great stuff because there's so many benefits, as we all know, to the cuddling and, and everything. But <laughs> then you get to, Oh, I just talked to a woman. It's it, it's hard to to know. I mean, it, how do I say this? Do what you do. What's necessary to get a good night's sleep. And so there can be plenty of cuddling. But I know some people have said they save the relationship by moving from a queen to a king bed. I've heard people say they've gotten, they've researched, they've gone out mattress shopping, and they get some. They can still stay in the same bed. But they can have the two-sided where they can adjust the, the internal pressure as well as the head and the feet on each side of the mattress. So they can have cuddle time, but when it comes to sleep time, position is going to be so individual. And so depending on the person and, and their preference, um, there is some research saying that a lot of people have assumed that favorite sleep position as early as age six or seven. We call it assuming the position. I mean, some people have that. They just get into that nice little uh, and they can fall asleep quickly in that. And we definitely change positions during the night. It's a matter of if you find yourself, you know, where you're constantly moving away or your partner, say, is kicking when you need to, you know, do what do what you need to do. But I also would would say here's a new thing that that they've got out. I've seen more of these, the two twin XLs. You know, I think we used to laugh about Lucy and Ricky sleeping in separate beds and <laughs> Rob and Laura Patrick. But another trend is pushing together two twin XL mattresses. Now that makes a king, but bed partner A's head and feet can be adjusted in any way they shape or form. And then so part, bed partner B can lay flat or vice versa. I mean, it, I think I think it's really neat now that the market is offering so many options in terms of getting bed partners with disparate preferences in that same bed. But then again, after saying that, don't be upset if you can't find something that makes it work. Have cuddle time and then go off to your separate beds if that's what it takes. Yeah, and I can imagine, you know, just... All the topics we talk about on the show as it relates to relationship functioning, communication, conflict resolution. It's important to have that conversation in a, in a delicate way and in a conscious way, I guess, not necessarily delicate of like, Hey, I really value our time cuddling at night, but I listen to this podcast and I've been thinking, you know, I haven't been sleeping great and I want to sleep better so that I can be a better partner. And so why don't we cuddle for five minutes when we lay in bed and then I'm going to go to my side of the bed because it's just going to help me sleep better. And because I can see myself, if, if my partner, you know, maybe said that a bit more rough, then I might be feel like excluded or yeah. feel hurt of mm-hmm. like, oh, you don't want to cuddle. Because uh, that that's such a big thing. But when you start to examine it and be like, hey, I'm, I'm not sleeping great. And I'm going to show up much better in this relationship if I start 
instituting these things? How can we compromise? But just having that dialogue is valuable in doing it the right way, in a way that is conscious of you know, our partner's feelings. Yeah, it, it can be such a such a great thing. Even uh, what, what we talked about earlier of it's okay to go to bed mad. We've we've had that on shows before for that very reason of you're not going to have a very productive conversation if you're tired and and it's going to then disturb your sleep that night. And so then the next day you're not in as good of a space. So save those conversations for when there's plenty of time. And that could be the thing, be like, hey, I, I want to work this out. I want to talk about it. I know we're both a little bit upset right now, but let's pri prioritize our sleep. And tomorrow we're going to have a better discussion around this. Um, so, you know, I love you and this is important to me and let's continue this tomorrow. I, I heard someone once say a beautiful way to say I love you is get your sleep. <laughs> and and I really think, you know, all of us have to be personally um, unapologetic for that need for sleep. It is not a weakness, but I think it's the ultimate responsibility to be a good partner. I mean, we are, you know, it's a responsibility to be well rested because we bring our best. Think of how many chronic diseases I mean, serious chronic diseases are related to a lack of sleep. You don't want that for your partner. I mean, we have heart disease, stroke, obesity, um, certain cancers, dementia, Alzheimer's, osteoporosis, kidney disease. I could go on and on. You would never in your life wish any of those on your partner. But if you... In any way, if, if the two of you are, are compromising your sleep in order to, I don't know, think that, you know, you look good to the neighbors. I mean, it, it, it is, that's not, that's not where we compromise. We don't do that. And, and, you know, look at how we've approached. We, we've looked at children, you know, co-sleeping with, with child babies. You know, we, we have to think about the safety of babies when we think about babies suffocating and bedding and, and ob obviously, you know, where's a good place that they can be in a bassinet by the, by the bed when they're infants so they can see sleep safely, but you can keep an eye. Again, the most responsible thing we can do is, is to protect our partner's health and well-being. And it's, and, and obviously the physical list is huge, but so is, is the mental health list. I mean, anxiety, depression, substance abuse, suicidal, suicide and suicidal ideation are all related and connected, associated with a lack of sleep. And it's it it can be, you know, it can sneak up on you. And that's that's where I worry about. Look at teenagers. We, we have found that the teenagers that have really early school start times are not getting the sleep they need. And look at the things that go on. In teenagers' lives now, when they're sleep deprived, car accidents, drugs, um, promiscuity, just poor decisions, poor judgment, poor reaction reaction times. I mean, a lot of things we've talked up to teenage angst is just simply, um, but dangerously related to sleep deprivation. So we need to, you know, look at that in terms of our relationships. This probably deserves a whole nother podcast, but what about nightmares? And obviously that's going to disturb sleep. If you or your partner is suffering from nightmares, are there any kind of quick things to think about? Or it seems like that might be a, a place to go to a specialist. Well, yeah, there's something called image rehearsal therapy. And there's where you, um, 
it, it's amazing what what is being done now in, in the field of, of sleep medicine. But there are things that um, can be worked on with a sleep specialist in terms of, of those. We can also go to look and see if there's any sort of REM behavior sleep disorder where um, some of those things are manifested that may appear sort of at first glance like nightmares or cause any unusual activity at night um, that is not only disrupting the, the sleeper, but the partner. Um, there's something called cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia. If people are having trouble falling asleep, staying asleep, waking up too early, it's been shown to be more effective than most med- any medication for insomnia. Um, but that's something to, to go over with. So I, I think People have been reluctant over, you know, historically thinking, well, there's nothing they can do for this and there is something we can do for it. So, um, again, that's something to pay attention to and get help with. Well, Terry, we've covered a lot of just great tips and things to think about. And I think we've said it multiple times on the show, but just to start to prioritize sleep and, and start thinking about how you can make it better. You've given great tips here. There's lots of information on the internet, but I think a, a huge step is just make it a priority and do the things you need to do. And we've shared some here today and look them up, see a specialist, but it is one of the, I don't want to say easier things, but a, a thing that if you're not getting proper sleep, that you can start to do, you know, through these steps that will improve your life and your relationship big time um, for all the reasons we've mentioned. So before we wrap up, can you tell our listeners where they can find you online? And uh, if there's anything we skipped over or something you want to emphasize, and then we'll say goodbye. Sure. Um, and thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. I am on Twitter at Power of Sleep, and I do work closely with the Better Sleep Council, and that is bettersleep.org. They usually publish um, great articles, lots of blogs, tips, strategies, uh, surveys, very helpful website. And I think I will leave your listeners saying with the thought that uh, sufficient sleep is just the foundation of a good relationship, and I would never um, trade uh, sleep hours for waking hours in order to get more done. We do more and we do it better when we're well rested. So the quality of our lives really depends completely on sufficient sleep. Well, Terry, we'll have those links in our show notes in our website at idopodcast.com. And thanks so much for coming on the show and sharing about this important topic. Thanks, Chase. It's been my pleasure. Thank you guys so much for tuning into today's episode. As always, all the links to the guest as well as any of their recommendations will be in the show notes page. You can find the link to that in the episode description or by going to idopodcast.com. Click on the podcast tab up at the top and you will have access to all the episodes that we've ever done. There are over 300 of them. Uh, And while you're on our website, if you haven't checked out our free 14-day happy couple challenge, we really hope you do. It's a free email challenge that we send to you. It's 14 days of fun, easy, doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And if you're looking for something that provides a little more help with working on your relationship, whether it's improving intimacy or communication with your partner or just bringing the spark back, we would love for you guys to check out our online course, Spark My Relationship. We're offering $100 off to all of our listeners if you go to sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. 
We've worked with over 15 psychologists and therapists to create the real life tools and strategies that they are teaching their clients. So we wanted to give them to you. It's a self-paced online course that can be done in as little as a month or up to three months. You can really decide how much or how little you want to do with your partner or maybe just yourself. So we hope you guys check that out. It's sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. Have a great day. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com.